Well, that's the truth. So that's the book of Philippians and chapter 3. Look at verse 10. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being made conformable unto his death. I like to preach on the very first part of that. That I might know him. That I might know him. Let us pray. Almighty God, Father, I thank you, Lord. I, I say this a lot, but I mean it. It's, it's a wonderful atmosphere, God, you've given us, Lord, to worship in tonight. And sure was good news to hear about the brethren back there. And God, you're sure good. And you know how to deliver. I appreciate you, Lord. And so uh, there ain't no hope like your hope, Lord. I, it's a blessed hope. And so, Lord... Uh, I hope somebody gets saved here tonight. I like to see it. I, I, my, it do my heart good. I, I don't know nobody. I mean, but I, Lord, if there's somebody lost, they sure could get saved. I'll tell you that. And so, Lord, uh, I just ask God you'd anoint me. I just want to be obedient. And Lord, I know I need the anointing. I can't preach without you, Lord. It scared me to death. I, I wouldn't want to come back, Lord, but. Every time I come, you just always anoint me. So I'm just going to keep on trusting you. And that's all I need tonight is, is your anointing. That's what I need. And I just ask God that you do that. I don't know nobody's heart. Nobody told me nothing again tonight except Jesus. And I just want to preach for a little bit. I'm country, and I've just been called, and I just want to obey God. Say the soul, dearest help, that be the case. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Now, what I want you to think about just for a minute is this is the Apostle Paul. And he's saying, he wrote 13 books. Well, some would say 12. But I think maybe he wrote 13 books of the New Testament. You know, as Paul, uh, he said that I may know him. Now, we're talking about Jesus. That's who, that's who you got to know. Now you got to know him. That's right. That's right. That's the most important thing there is in this life is knowing him. Now, if you would ask a thousand people if they knowed him, they'd just about everyone raise their hand. But I found out, uh, and I'm not judging, that everybody don't live like they know him. I'm just being honest. And I'll explain what I'm talking about. You know, Jesus in Matthew, he said something like this. Not everyone that saith, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. He said, enter in at the straight gate. For wide's the gate, broad's the way that leadeth unto destruction, and many be there go in thereat. Now, brother, but straight's the gate. Narrows the way that leadeth into life, and few be there that find it. Now, I said all that to say this. There's more people going to hell. Now, it don't have to be that way, but it's the way it is. There's only one way to heaven. Now, they'll argue with you. I've had them argue with me. But Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto me. Hey, you got to come the only way. It's the blood way. Without the shedding of blood, 
There is no remission. Now look at here. Here's what Paul, I mean, it, it, when I looked at that for a little bit, that I may know him. You know, it was Paul that said uh, that three times received him 40 stripes, they won. And twice he was beaten with rods. And three times he was shipwrecked. A day and a night in the deep. And he went on. But hey, I want to show you this. I read in Acts, I read there where it said that he was in a storm. Now they were safe, safely docked at a place called the Fair Haven. And there was 276 men, including Paul, on the ship. And it was close to winter. It was in late October. And it was dangerous to sail on the sea. And Paul said, I perceive this voyage is going to be with much danger, not only to the tackling and the ship, but our very life. But the, but the Bible said the soldiers, I didn't know I was going to get off on this. I, I got to give myself back, but here we go. They said sail. The Bible said when the south wind blew softly, they cut it loose, let it go. And they run into a storm called Eurachlodon. Now that's two hurricanes, one going this way, one going this way. And they couldn't hold her up. They had to let the sails down. They went over that sea 14 days. And brother, they didn't eat, they didn't drink. All you could do was hold on. I mean, brother, this was Eurachlodon. I mean, brother, and Paul, he, he hid himself in the bottom of the ship and he prayed 14 days and God come to him. And God said, get out there. He said, uh, he said, there stood by me this day the angel of the Lord whose I am and whom I serve. And he said, be of good cheer. woo Get happy. That's right. He said, we're going to lose the ship, but every man's life will be spared. 276 sailors. And he said, fear not, Paul. Now, brother, what I'm saying is this. That's who said that I may know him. There's nothing more important than knowing him. And it's more than just talking about knowing him. You've got to know him that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. He said this, this is a faith. Now you can know him if you want to. That's right. I'm just preaching that everybody says they do know him. They all don't. Now, I know that because of what I told you about entering at the strike. Now, I can preach like this, but I'm going to just get in a hurry if it's all right. I think it is. You know, if I, if Jesus said one place, Blessed is the man to walk of not counsel the ungodly, nor stand the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful, but his light is in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate both day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by. Now listen, you want to prosper? Then seek God. Know God. Get God in your heart. Brother, that's how you prosper. That's how you, 
That's how you get ahead in life. You seek God. You meditate. Trust the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not thy own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path. Brother, listen. It's a straight gate, and you can enter in this straight gate. That's right. Now, I'm going to show you something. If I was going to preach a little bit, I thought about, I'm going to try to do this right here. You know, Jesus said, all we like sheep. And another sign, he said, mount up as things as weagles. And, and, and other times, he likens us to birds and first. But I'm going to do this right here. Just stick with me for a little bit. I'm going to talk about zebras. That's different, but just stick with me. Now, a zebra, I thought about that. I mean, they're kind of an odd-looking thing. I mean... I mean, they're a horse with white stripes or black. I, I, I ain't sure. But I know this. You look it up. And these zebras, God striped them. And there's a reason for that. Because when a predator looks on a, a herd of zebras at the water hole, he doesn't see them individually. They all got them stripes on them, and the predators, the jackals, the hyenas, the tigers, the lions, when they look on them, it looks like it's just one large animal. And they're thinking that's too big for us to attack. Now, that's what he would say if you looked that up. But let me tell you something about a zebra. There is no zebra in the world that strike the same. There's no one in here with the same fingerprints. There's no one in here uh, with the same DNA. There's no one in. How about this? That, that I don't know if this is right, but I'll just run it by you. Just trying to make a point. They said there ain't no two snowflakes alike. Well, I never was able to figure that out. But I know that all of us got different fingerprints. Now, here's what I'm telling you about a zebra. There's no zebra that's striped alike. They're all different. You look it up, I'm telling you I'm right. Now, listen to me. A zebra, when she has a fold, when she has a coat, in two minutes, 20 minutes, that coat can stand up. In 45 minutes, that coat can run. I'm talking about down the old church. I'm talking about a coat. When a zebra has a coat, I'm telling you within 20 minutes, that zebra can stand. Now the first thing that mother zebra does is she takes her coat and she takes it out into an isolated place. Because if she ain't careful, that zebra, when it looks at all those stripes, will not know who her birth mother is. And she'll get lost. And so the very first thing a zebra does when she has a coat is she separates her coat away from the herd because he's got to learn the stripes of his birth mother. Now, you sure you're... 
Yes, I'm sure. I'm 100. You think I make a fool out of myself? I'm 100% sure. Uh, brother, that a zebra, the first thing it does, look it up. The uh, first thing it does when it has a foal is it separates from the rest of the herd so that little two days to two weeks until that little foal learns who its birth mother is. Now I simply said all that to say this that I might know him. Brother, listen, you gotta know his stripes. You gotta know Calvary. That's right. Hey, you gotta know about the blood of the Lamb. John said, Behold, uh, behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world, that I may know him to know. Hebrews says, We see Jesus who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that by the grace of God, he should taste death for every man. Brother Calvary. There's this little girl. She got lost in London. Now she knew her name. She knew her mommy's name. She didn't know how to get home. She was separated from her mommy. And so she was hysterical. Say she was five, six, I'm not sure. But they had a London body. That's a policeman. He come up there and she was crying. She was terrified. And he said to her, he said, now, now honey, hold on. We'll, we'll get you back where your mom's. We'll get you home. He said, do you know where Big Ben is? Well, she didn't know where Big Ben was. Lord, it got worse. She got to crying. I mean, she got to weeping. And he said, now hold on. Do you know where Parliament is? The changing of the guard. What she didn't know where Parliament was. And he said, hold on. He said, how about Sharon Cross? Now Sharon's Cross was a huge cross in London over top of a graveyard. And he said, do you know where Sharon Cross is? She had a big smile. She clapped her hands and said, the cross, the cross, the cross, the cross. If you can get me to the cross, I can find my way. <laughs> Brother, listen, if you, that I may know him. Honey, listen, he was wounded for our transgression, bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace upon him and with his stripes we are healed. Now listen, I, now God heals us. That's right. I read that in James. I know that. I could preach that for a long time. Heal my sister of cancer. And I ain't got time to go to it and not be in, I'm just telling you. Heal people in here of cancer. That's right. I know that. I'm just saying. He wasn't talking about healing the body. He was talking about saving the soul. That's right. With his stripes we are healed. He's talking about Calvary. He's talking about what he endured for us. He's talking about the old rugged cross. He come to die. That's right. Listen, he said, no man take my life. He said, I come to lay it down. He said, therefore the father, there's this story. I tell a lot of stories. 
I try to tell true ones. And I won't be long. But you'll know this fella. His name's Willa William Cowper. And he was born 1741. Now his dad was a holiness preacher. When he was four years old, his mommy died. He said that the horse wagon backed up to his house and they put an old wooden coffin in the bed of that wagon and he said all his life he could hear that horse hooves hitting that cobblestone street down there in London as it walked off with his mother and said he never was that devastated in his whole life and he said my daddy he preached God is love. That's right. And he said to himself, how could God be love? And when he took my mother, and I was only four years old, brother, he couldn't get it. Now, he was young, but he stayed home until he got up about 18, but he couldn't take it no more. Brother, listen, he left his daddy. He left and went over to the big city, and him and another man opened up the biggest pub ever was in that country. And they called it the Gates of Hell. And brother, that was a pub, a brother, where married men, women laid in the arms of married men and where they drank. Uh, and on the weekend it was full and it was an ungodly place. And William Culper was proud that he had the biggest pub throughout the country and he named it the gates of hell well one night he passed out all these little glasses and he said we're going to have communion and they said now William wasn't your dad wasn't he a preacher he said no he's a pagan that's all he wanted to do is preach love and he said God took my mother when I was four years old and God can't be loved and said he had everybody had their glass and he had liquor in everybody's glass. He explained a little bit about communion. He got everybody in the pub. It was a Saturday night, place was packed. And he said, we're gonna have communion. And he got the glass up, everybody got their glass up. And William Copper, he said the Lord spoke to him said, William, if you drink that, I'm going to take you to hell tonight. And William throwed it down. True story. And he run out of there. He run out of the gates of hell. And he run all the way to his house. It was three o'clock in the morning. He beat on the door. His daddy finally got up. And he come downstairs and opened the door. And William was on the front porch three o'clock in the morning. And he was calling on God. And his dad said, William, are you drunk? He got up and said, no, daddy, I'm saved. Said, I about went to hell before you got out of bed. That's right. And he said, I knew if I didn't save, I ain't going to make it. Brother, listen. And William Culper got saved that very night. He run out of the gates of hell. Now, the next day, William been up all night. He come to his daddy and he said, Dad, I said, remember, he's a preacher now. He said, uh, God, give me a song, huh? I'm writing a song. 
I said, William, I'm, I'm so thankful, but don't you think you ought to wait a little bit? I mean, come on back to church. And No, he said, God, give me a song. I've done got the words to it. And he said, I found this old Western hymn that never made it nothing. And, uh, and, and he said, uh, I, put, I put the music to this old Western hymn. And he said, uh, it goes something like, like this. There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's bay. And ever since her blood's beneath that blood, lose all his guilty stain. Brother, I say glory. I'm telling you the blood that I may know him. You cannot know him apart from the blood of Calvary. That's right. There is a fountain filled with blood. Thank God. Jesus said, or God, you can't separate them. He said, the life of the flesh is in the blood. And I've given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your soul. For it is the blood that make of atonement of the soul. Brother, listen to me. It takes the blood. Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall, what can wash away my sins? Nothing, nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Brother, listen, it takes the blood. It takes the blood. That's the only way you can get it. Someone said, uh, sounds like a butcher house religion to me. You call it whatever you want to call it. But I thank God I got the blood applied. I thank God, listen, that I may know him. I'm thankful that I know him. I passed from death unto life because I know him. I got the love of God because I know him. I know him. Here's how I know him. I know him because he pricked my heart. I know him because he sent the Holy Ghost and convicted me. I know him because he drew me. I know him because he made me guilty. I know him because I was brought under conviction. I know him, my brother, because I bowed my head at an altar of prayer and I called out on Calvary. I called out on Christ. I know him. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Oh, things pass away. Behold, all things become new. That's why I know him. And you could know him. And you might know him. I, I, I don't know who does and who don't. I, I figure I'm preaching to a multitude of people here tonight that know him. But I could be preaching. I got, I've been pastoring. Now that don't mean nothing. Well, I get mean something. It means I've had my feelings hurt a lot of times. Uh, I, it means they would have killed me once or twice, but they couldn't catch me. No, I'd rather chew my arm off than be mean to somebody. Every now and then I preach things that's offensive, and they do get upset at me, but they kind of come around. But this is what I'm preaching. I've had, I've had girls in my church, and I know them. I've been there 36 years just to... I saved in that church 43, 10 months ago. 40, and I pastored a church that I saved in oh, 36 years. So I know everybody. Every, they say, we ought to get a new broom. It sweeps better. I said, yeah, but the old broom knows where the dirt is. That's right, ain't it, Junior? That's right. 
Yeah. Well, I've been there long enough that I know who's been. Now, I mean, you can hide it from me if you want, but I'm just saying you can raise a child up in the church. I don't mean she's saved. No, he said uh, that I may know him. Now, that didn't mean, you remember the rich young ruler? He come to Jesus and he said, good master, that's wrong. No, that's all wrong. See? He said, well, no, that's right, but he didn't know him. And the reason he did, and, and he said, good master, what good thing must I do to hear eternal life? Listen to what Jesus said. Why cost thou me good? There's only one good, and that's God. He tried to tell him that I'm not master, I'm, I'm God. You got, they let a man down through the roof and he was bound and the, and the, and the bed had him a prisoner and they lowered him down. And Jesus said, son, be of good cheer, thy sins be forgiven thee. And they got to right. They said, that's blasphemy. Because no one can forgive sins save God. That's right. Nobody, but that's, he was God. That's, that's what it's all about. And Jesus, this man come to Jesus. He said, good master, what good thing? Jesus says, sell all you got and give it and follow, pick up your cross. He said he went away sorrowful. The only body I ever seen that come to him went off sorrowful. You know why he did? He didn't think he was God. He really didn't believe he was God. And Jesus said to this poor boy, he said, son, be of good cheer. Oh, he said, I'm going to do something really good for you. That's right. And he said, thy sins be forgiven thee. And they said, no man can forgive sin save God. Well, he said, what's the easiest? What? And he figured it out yet. He said, what's the easiest for me to say to this sick of the palsy, to rise up and walk, or thy sins be forgiven thee. Now, I mean, he can do either one, because he is God. That's right. He's over here at Caesarea Philippi, and uh, over there is, is Herod. There's nothing but rocks, solid rock. Mount, Mount Hermon goes up clear snow-covered, and Jesus is walking around Mount Hermon, and they've Herod has chiseled out all these things for Baal to worship these false idols. And Jesus is walking all over there and walking around there. And he simply said to him, he said, he said this to him. He said, who do men say that I am? And uh, they said, some say uh, John the Baptist, some say Elijah, some say Jeremiah. But he said, who you say I am? And Peter said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. He said, Thou hast rightly said, Bar Jonah, and flesh and blood. Hey, when you realize that Jesus is God, when you know that Jesus is the Savior, flesh and blood didn't reveal it to you, but God revealed it to you. When you know Him, when you know that you need a Savior, when you, and Jesus says, Blessed art thou, Barjona, for flesh and blood revealed this not unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. And upon this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail. I say glory. Listen to me. Them, them idols of Baal, you might find some. They're in ruins. 
but the church is built on the rock. Thank God the church is going up. Hey, I mean, our government, they think we're the problems. They think we're the trouble. Yeah, uh, listen, they think we're about washed up. I tell you what, we're getting ready to do, go up. That's right. Hey, and when we go up, that bunch is in trouble. That's right, because we're the glue that holds this together. So, I'm not going to preach much longer, but I mean, I'm just trying to show you this. You got to know him. You just got to know him. Because a lot of people don't think they do. You mean I can be tricked? Well, there's other people being tricked. If you know him, if you get your name written in, you'll, you'll know that I know him. I mean, I know. You can't talk me out of it. I got it. I've been to Calvary. I've been, hey, I, Christ in you, he's in me. Hey, for the grace of God which brings us salvation. You see, grace brings salvation. You can't live good enough. You can't quit your drugs. You can't quit your liquor. Can't quit your cussing. I mean, that, you'll do all that, but you got to get saved first. That's right. For the grace of God which brings salvation hath appeared unto all men, teaching us that nine ungodly worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, godly in this present world, looking for that blessed hope. I'm looking for him. Why are you looking for him? Because I know him. I know he's coming back. I know where, hey, I, hey, he's coming to get me. Well, if you die first, won't bother me a bit to be absent from the body. Hey, hey. You ever think about this? Listen to me. He said, the Lord himself shall ascend from heaven with a shout, the voice of the angel, the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Now that'd be us right now if he come. And, and the dead, or not dead. <laughs> no, that wouldn't be, that'd be my dead. And the dead in Christ shall rise first, then we which are alive shall be caught up together in the cl clouds. I thought, now Lord, why in the world are you going to catch us up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Well, he said, I'll tell you one way. He said, he said you bunch of hillbillies. He said, you tear heaven up running through it. He said, you get that new body. Yeah. He said, you get that new body. How, what's that new body going to look like? Going to look like Jesus' body. I read, I done read it. You ain't going to trick me. That's right. He come out of the grave. He had a glorified body because he went in with one. That's right. He, he, hey, listen to me. He's going to take me. I don't know about you all, but he, well, no, I know. But you probably won't agree with this, but just listen. He's going to take us up in the air to meet the Lord, and he's going to let us run through the Milky Way and Jupiter and Mars, and he's going to let us run for a long time. Because if we all got to heaven at the same time with a brand new body, we'd tear that place up. That's right. It looked like a get. No, you know that ain't right. But anyhow, I get it. Listen to me. I'm wild on the buck anyhow. Yeah. I started this when I was 29. I'm 73 and a half, and I'm still wilder than a buck. You give me a brand new body, I'm going to run all the way through Mars, hey, the Milky Way. I'm going to hang out. Now listen to me. I'm going to just kind of move on. I'm going to quit. 
But he said, uh, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. Let me show you what that means. That's the fellowship of his suffering. You see, the old high priest seemed in that we have a great high priest that has passed into heaven. Let us hold fast our profession. For we have not a high priest which not which cannot be touched by the feelings of our infirmity, but was at all points tempted as we was yet without sin. Here's what's saying. The high priests in the Old Testament, they couldn't be touched by your feelings. They couldn't do it. But Jesus is the high priest. And he can be touched by the feelings of our infirmities. He knows what it feels like. You say, preacher, and I, I, you know, my sister got arthritis or rheumatoid arthritis. I got another girl in my church that's got it. And she said, Al, every, every joint I got just aches. I mean, my hands hurt so bad, can't even pick up something. I said, did you know he hung on Calvary? Do you know all his joints were out of place? He knows how you feel. He knows. You say, I got CPOD, I'm not good on, you know, but I think it's where you ain't got good air. Listen to me. Did you know death on Calvary? I mean, it happened, suffocation. I mean, you couldn't breathe. Here's why. Listen, I'm going to show you. When they crucified a man, they brought his hands in a couple inches, and they brought his feet up a couple inches. That way, he... He slunk. He hung. I got a doctor in my church. I said, what happens when that happens? He said, he suffocates. He said, you ever eat Thanksgiving dinner and just ate so much you couldn't stand it? And then we went deer hunting. You had to bend over, put your boots on, and you, you can't get no air? I said, yeah, I, I, ever Thanksgiving. I remember that. He said, that, that's what it does. And when Jesus spoke from the cross, Father, forgive him, whatever it was. He had to take his hands and pull himself and push them nail holes up. He had to push up. And so you say, preacher, I don't breathe good. He knows exactly how you feel. That's right. He knows. Listen to me. You say, preacher, I've got a headache. Well, they shoved a crown of thorns nowhere in the world like the thorns of Palestine already into the skull pierces into the, to the skull. Brother, listen to me. I'm telling you, he knows how you, you ever take a loved one to the graveyard? You think he don't know how that feels? Take a wife, take a husband, or worse, take a child to the graveyard? There ain't no worse pain. There's, I buried both my mom and dad. I mean, that's bad. And they were both saved and up in years. And, and my dad told me, he said, look, look at me. I keep getting this dream. And I said, I'm going to tell you what it is so you don't do it. He said, when you come by my casket and you're looking down there at me, he said, I ain't down there. He said, I'm having a dream and you keep doing it. He said, I'm up there. And I'm watching you look down. He said, you quit that. He said, when you preach my funeral 
and you walk down there, you look up, uh, look up at me. I'm up there, Al. I remember what he said. I walked by his cat, honey. I ain't seen you. I didn't see you. I worried about you too. I walked by. I'm gonna quit preaching. I looked up. I said, "I'll be there, Dad. I'm coming." Thank God I'm on my way. Yeah. That's right. I, I don't know exactly where I'm at, but there's this old preacher. Just, and he got older than me. I'm going to quit. And I got a phone, Lord. My wife, she's got to take care of my phone. I, I mean, I'll mess it up pretty bad. Lord, I call everybody in the country. Don't, don't want to call nobody. <laughs> I have all kinds of But anyhow. They said to him, they said, uh, Papa said, uh, he's a preacher down there in Kentucky. And they said, Papa said, uh, Mama's pretty bad sick and you're all the time out preaching funerals and, and, and things. And he, he was up way up in years. And they said, we want you to take this cell phone with you. And well, he said, I can't figure out it. And he said, we're going to put ringtones on it. And every one of the grandkids and mamma all said, there'll be a different song on every one. And you'll know which one it is by the song that takes off. You'll know which one it is. He said, all right, make you feel better, I'll take it. So he's taken and he's way back up in the country in Kentucky and he's, and he's burying this man. And, uh, and uh, it was pretty sad death, you know. And so, all of a sudden, he's committing him to the ground, dust to dust, and ashes to ashes. And about that time, the phone went off, and it was singing, Ain't no grave going to hold this body down. I say glory to God. I mean, does God know what he's doing? Ain't no grave going to hold, hey, I say there ain't no grave going to hold this body down. Hey, when the trumpet sounds, I'm going to get up. I'm going to get up. I'm going to get up out of the ground. All right, I'm done. So whatever we're going to do, let's move towards it.